0: Hey, welcome back to Beyond the Bedroom. So before I get into the poll's results, I want to play about 10 minutes of an episode that I really considered my bonus content for Patreon, but I felt like it was important to share. If you want to check out the rest of that episode, you can head to my Patreon, Uh, but the results of the poll will also be discussed later on. I hope you enjoy, and my Patreon is only $4 a month this month. Happy Masturbation May. Let's get into it. Hi, so welcome to the bonus episode for my Patreon. I want to talk a little bit about why I'm masturbating every day for 30 days and why that work is important. Because it might sound a little bit crazy um, to say that this is, you know, an explorative time and it's very fulfilling, but it's more than just going through my sex toys and making reviews. It's just more than what meets the eye, I guess. So in this little unfiltered episode, I can kind of say what I want uh, because I, you know, I have my audience that have. Signed up here, but basically, um, I'm tired of catering to this over sensationalized headlines and and this idea of five things I learned from being sexually liberated, like mindset. And honestly, it's like who gives a fuck, you know? I really want to take this time, these 30 days, to explore what erotic content means to me and what that looks like for me, how stressors affect me, what my response cycle looks like, what my arousal cycle is. What my stress response cycle does to me how my emotional reaction to masturbation influences the rest of my day like I am getting into the nitty-gritty and I think a lot of people can learn from this type of work because they might see something in there and it in it they can relate to it or they can relate a partner to it or a person they know and for a lot of my life i kind of accepted where i was at and kept it pushing but i'm way more solution oriented now which is fantastic and i'm a lot more opinionated now i don't know you turn 25 and just things happen stuff starts gears start shifting and i'm not sure really why but they do and as some of you saw um i put on my instagram like it's a random thought but it bothers me so much that we can't talk about sexual liberation without people centering men's agendas and um this idea also that sexual liberation is just this free-for-all no boundaries no trust like the sex is all the same it's just like all the sex all the time like all the time And uh, I think that boundaries and conversation are so important and everyone's boundaries are so different. And I also mentioned, I'm sorry, you're going to hate me for saying this, but if you're making huge decisions based on philosophical trends on the internet, you're going to have to work on your critical thinking skills. I'm not saying this because I think I'm better than people. I'm literally saying this because I have been through it i had a tumblr from 2009 to 2016 i've seen it all on there um teenagers especially and like young adults they this is their formative years right and i'm only 25 so i'm, I'm just you know i'm kind of still in it right but you're you're forming your identity and a lot of the time what that means for people is joining groups to validate that identity and to to grow that identity so for me, I think the the biggest thing is not knowing who you are. Sometimes you stick to what you think people like want from you, if that makes sense. And I'm just also just so tired of the discourse. Is anyone else just over it? Like, is anyone else just tired of the discourse? Because all of it is, for the most part just used as a tool and like to gatekeep or like weaponize and i'm like shut up you know like sometimes i'm like who cares uh we always have to judge how feminist things are instead of providing resources or striving for equity and listening to the demands you know and sex work for example people dissect if it's feminist or not and it's and it's really an issue about bodily autonomy poverty equity and so much more labor it's a it's a labor rights movement a lot of the time but people don't like to focus on that they want to know if you as a woman if you're doing your job or if you're doing the stuff that puts other women down why can't we get out of this mentality you know like women are not a monolith we don't all have to be on the same page in order for people to respect us you know like that's the thing too it's like why can't we just have different values and different opinions and people still respect us like why do we have to be the perfect feminist for people to take us seriously and i think for example what's happening here in iceland is the idea of equality and not just equality but equity the idea that we're all kind of on the same level playing field comes from this idea of what men were we have to get up to that level what a lot of people now want, though, not just here, but like around the world, and that's that's the clash, right, with the, the waves of feminism, is like we should rewrite what equity looks like. Because I personally do not want to be on par with what a man's idea of equality was. I don't want that. I want to rewrite the rules. I want sexual liberation that doesn't involve forming thoughts only around penetrative sex. Like, what's the fun in that? You know, I want, um, I want sexual liberation without the fucking Madonna whore complex. How about that too? That you can be liberated and embody your sexuality without discussing if it's really yours to give away or not. Like, why can't each person just decide that for themselves? Why do we all have to have the same idea and concept about our bodies and about our body's place in the world. Everyone is in different stages. Everyone is in different stages of their life and stages also just of figuring out who they are and their place in this world. And that's okay. I think we need to cut each other some slack. And I'm not talking about opinions that literally revolve around human rights, right? Like, you know, those aren't like fun opinions to just debate. You know what I mean? Like, I hate the fact that people are like, debate if sex work, it's all abusive. I'm like, no, I will not do that. I won't. And the reason I won't do that is because that's a ridiculous debate to have. You're telling me that everything from survival sex work and street-based sex work, uh, dominatrixes, strippers, porn performers, that's industry porn, amateur porn, only fans, et cetera, etc. Cetera. Sexual surrogacy, even. You're telling me that all of this is under the same judgment, opinion, rules, like all of it, That's ridiculous. That's like saying every single person who works in a hospital needs to follow the same protocol, from the janitor to the like neurosurgeon. Like, that's so ridiculous. It's just not how it goes, you know? Of course, there's, like, rules and resources for everyone there, but they all have different places, right? There's a hierarchy, too. There's a, there's definitely a hierarchy in sex work, within sex work culture and circles, and also in society, non-sex workers, like civilians, if you will. Um. And what does this have to do with sex and why I'm masturbating for 30 days? So... I think a lot of the time people don't realize, uh, what's going on in their head because during sex, because basically we're, we're not always observing our thoughts. We're making judgments on them. So let's say you want to try something new. You want to try something exciting that you fantasize about, but then there's voice in your head is like, well, that's not very feminist of you. Now you're degrading all women and you're allowing this person to degrade women. How dare you? What about the person in the room? You know, like, what about the person that you're asking to do that to? You think that they're not capable of critical thought? Like, why am I in charge for some reason of what men do and say and think based on like what I think about myself? Why is it like if I, for example, and this is so crazy, but here in Iceland, like there's some feminist circles that have banned the term BDSM and they're like, it's just covert abuse. And I'm like, oh my goodness, give me a break. But anyway, how about this? I want to do some restraint play with a person who identifies as a man. You're telling me that I'm now allowing that person to degrade people and just go up to them and restrain them and be like, yep, this is, I was allowed to do this in bed once. So now I, you know, that's crazy. That's codependent behavior, first of all, to think that you have control over someone else in that way. And if you do everything perfectly, they won't do that. Like I'm not in charge of a different person, you know, I'm in charge of myself. And that means creating that environment that's safe for myself, but also, um, if it's not safe taking care of myself and that's the thing too and it's like part of that is talking to that person about communication respect consent boundaries um and making sure those conversations are had and that's a form of um observational thought knowing that you feel safe enough that if you have those thoughts like oh is this feminist or not that you can relax because you're doing this for yourself so may is national masturbation month i'm not exactly sure who decided that but as for um, national months this one's a pretty good one and i am masturbating every day for 31 days and i'm keeping a live journal and i'm going to be sharing some excerpts of it on my instagram but if you want to read that journal um and by the way it's not like video of me actually masturbating I just want to make that clear even though I'm sure other people are doing that and that's cool but this is more of a journal to explore uh, my feelings and everything that I'm doing and I'm really taking this as a journey to get to know myself better so as I mentioned it is national masturbation month so uh, I am taking it very seriously (laughs) of course But I uh, made a poll for my Instagram followers on my new Instagram, Beyond Bedroom Podcast, and it's been really fun to see what you guys think about masturbation. Uh, And as usual, I made a little disclaimer, of course, because people are always coming for you, so you have to (laughs) be prepared. And I said, of course, there's no wrong answers. This is to get the convo flowing and for fun. And uh, this week's theme is self-pleasure, solo play, self-touch, masturbation. Uh, And I have to use kind of weird wording, I know but I'm being extra careful. I don't want to get kicked off Instagram again because I feel like I'm doing some pretty good work on there and getting a lot of conversation started and it sucks that I have to use like weird words, weird wording to get around this censorship. But anyway, throughout this poll, I am avoiding overusing the term masturbation and I'll be calling it self-touch throughout the story. And don't worry if you didn't participate, I'll be going through all of the questions and the results along with my two cents, obviously, but you know, it's always more fun so the polls are every Monday, and then every Tuesday I do a podcast episode about them. And I will have a couple more in-depth special episodes later in the month that are really fun, but that's a conversation for a different day. So the first question was: Do you utilize solo play for trying new things? 69% of you said yep, and 31 said nah. So uh I love that it's 69%, of course but i think this is something that we don't talk about enough um you know do you do you really use the time uh when you're masturbating to try out new things and i don't mean every time obviously um i would not want to do that it's okay to have your little routine right but um and by the way this is like a sample size of about 200 people that voted uh it used to be a lot more obviously but i'm i'm trying to Get it back up on my new Instagram. So it's no way indicative of like a actual study, but it's just nice to know. Uh, And I say this every time, but people that are more interested in sex already follow me. So they might, you know, that skews the results. Obviously, it's not like indicative of a general population statistical report here. Like there's no data analysis going on here. Anyway, I just think that it this one does kind of correspond, though, because most people I talk to about masturbation, um, which sounds weird if anyone else, besides like someone in the sex industry, is saying that, they don't really like to uh, try new things. Um, I think that we've like written these rules, right? And it also just goes into habit because most people start masturbating, whether they have an orgasm or not, doesn't really matter. Most people start touching themselves at a very young age. I mean, even infants do it. It's just something that we respond to stimulus, right? But the social concept of masturbation we start in in childhood or early, you know, adolescence. So I think at that point we're living with family, we're living with around other people at least, and uh, we also aren't usually exposed to healthy forms of self intimacy. Uh, many people are not exposed to it, and a lot of people are. Um, kind of figuring it out as they go like is this normal or not like what is this new sensation and not a ton of people get this beneficial talk from their parents about uh what's going on for them and i'll talk about that more at the end because i did ask a question about how to talk to your kids about masturbation anyway um we kind of make these rules and we also then start seeing masturbation in either porn or media or we read about it or We see jokes about it, you know, and from there it becomes this thing where you're either you're doing it when you're aroused and you're just doing it to get off. You're kind of getting rid of that urge, right? And it's just, we're responding to stimulus in our body very normal. A lot of people also use it as a way to self-soothe, which is something that we don't talk about very much, but a lot of kids, especially in teenagers use it before bed to self-soothe and obviously adults still, but I'm talking about your kind of first experiences with it. So then you've kind of made this routine or made these rules for yourself. So then when you're older and you are exposed to new sensations, new relationship dynamics, different ways to be intimate with others and yourself, that's when this time to rewrite the rules is really, is it's a really great time to do so. And I think that what happens though is that we are so used to this routine and we don't really have sometimes the time or the consideration to try those new things and i think a lot of the time when people talk about trying new things they always talk about it with a partner trying things on your own is the best measure to know if you really like something or not because there's no pressure there from another person in the moment you are really in charge of what you are feeling uh you're in charge of like the depth and the and the sensation for the most part obviously there's things in our body that we can't control anything really like from anal to bondage play sensation play cold and heat stuff um but also Concepts, so you know, like group sex and fantasies and and things like that. You can really explore those things on your own. A lot of people don't always know what they want with a partner because they're not taking that time to figure out what they like uh, on their own. And if you're the type of person that just likes minimal heightened sensation like I don't like using the term vanilla because I personally don't think that's a negative word at all but so many people are so up in arms about that they're like that's so condescending and I get that so I heard you loud and clear and I won't use that word because a lot of people think it's negative I personally again think that it's not negative or positive it's just oh it's just a way to describe someone who likes it uh, you know plain and it doesn't have to be Plain isn't boring or plain isn't bad, you know? Like, sometimes plain is the classic and it's the best, you know? So anyway, I hate metaphors with sex and food. I really do. Everyone knows that. I just hate sex metaphors in general. Gardens, uh, food, journey, walks, you know? And when I say journey, I mean like an actual, like, traveling through life stages. But when people use that metaphor of like... You're on the walk. I'm like, oh my God, just talk about sex without making it so metaphorical. Just let's just talk about it. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, I am going off on such a tangent here, but yeah, try new things when you're alone because uh you're allowed to do whatever you want to your body. And people forget that. And they limit their pleasure too. It's like this idea of there being like a cap on your pleasure and um. It's like, oh, it's weird if I go any further. Oh, it's weird. I think that weirdness is just you're afraid of feeling love towards yourself or you're afraid of giving yourself like a reward. Like so many of us think that if if I stop being harsh with myself, if I stop limiting myself, then I won't accomplish anything. That's definitely not true. So just do what feels good. And you also don't need validation from someone else. You know, like you can validate yourself that what you're doing is fun and and feels good. Um. And no one has to know, no one has to see you. Honestly, it's just masturbation. You're not you're not me. You're not writing a journal every day about how you masturbated. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, you know, it's like something you can just keep for yourself. So try it. Uh, and you know, it's also a good way to build up that self-trust and build up those boundaries. Uh, because I know, for example, a friend of mine realized that she liked bondage. When she realized that she liked pulling her pants down to her ankles and not taking them off all the way and it took her a little while to figure out what she liked about it but um i think we can all agree (laughs) that uh it's very clear that she likes being a rope bottom now so going off on this have you ever felt negative feelings about self-touch? And I know that guilt and shame are really common with this guilt, shame, confusion, fright, etc. So, 74% of you said yes, and 26% said can't relate, which is totally great and good for you. Uh, I think I definitely can relate, uh, and I think for me it was it was probably tied up in, into like my sexuality because I was like fantasizing about. A girl i knew and i was like oh that's so wrong you know i realized later i was like it's just my thoughts (laughs) like no one needs to know and i hate that we learn how to self-police ourselves at such a young age in terms of our sexuality and our bodies and just our sexual lives um we don't observe our thoughts only we really go ahead and judge them and we're often told that this is dirty it's icky don't do that. Don't let anyone see you do that. This is wrong. And also a lot of people just never really learn that this is something that people do, which goes into the next question. Did you know what orgasms were when you first had one? And 60% of you said yes, somewhat, but 40% said no. A lot of people literally have no idea what is going on when they first have an orgasm, especially young men uh, or people with penises. They ejaculate maybe for the first time and have an orgasm along with it because they have an orgasm usually before they first ejaculate and the first time they ejaculate they're like what the hell is this but some of them know and they're prepared and some of them don't and they're like what do I do with this or they're very they're not like expecting it they're like what just happened uh and it's something that we don't always talk about uh very much and people also kind of talk about it in terms of like getting your first period but i don't think so i think it's genuinely like something that happens to um people with vulvas as well is having that first orgasm that's deep and or squirting even like i know um i personally am not like a squirter like fountain squirter (laughs) um someone called it the trisha paytas squirter (laughs) because she's very open and talks about it but regardless of how you feel about trisha i think it's just funny um that people call it that um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, she, like, talked about how she squirted into her backyard fountain the other day. Anyway, tangent. But uh, I think that a lot of people didn't know what an orgasm was when it first happened. Or they weren't expecting it to be the way that they it felt. Um, they were expecting it to kind of maybe look like in movies. And they're surprised. And a lot of people DM me being like, I, I kind of had an idea of what would happen, but... I was also just confused um, as to what was actually happening. Like, my body, for, for example, for people with vulvas, they were not expecting that muscle spasm. And I know that orgasm is not always synonymous with pleasure, but that when it does (laughs) happen at the same time, they're really not expecting it. They're like, this is better than any feeling I could have imagined. And some people also tell me that they said, I think that the orgasms I was having when I was younger were better. And I'm thinking, you know, were they better or were you just looking at them with this exciting and explorative point of view and then you just kind of got jaded over time because i think there is a way to tap into that excitement and curiosity again again doesn't have to happen every time but there is a way to do that and i think the best way to do that is through solo play i am such a huge fan of masturbation and i'm not afraid to talk about it (laughs) i needed like a jersey or something it's like my favorite sports team. Next question. Um, next two questions go hand in hand. Do you know how your partners, past or present, if you're you know single, uh, self touch? So do you know how your partner master You either know about it because you see them or do you talk about it? And and 63% of you said I know and 37% said I have no idea. Again, some of these percentages are like rounded up a little bit, so I know sometimes the math isn't perfect, but it's because it's sometimes like an odd number of votes. I think that's really interesting because obviously it's a personal thing and it's different levels of personal for each person. (laughs) and in my relationships i've been with people that are super open about it and i've also been with people that just never really tell me or talk about it and it's not because they're secretive it's just because it doesn't really come up um or maybe because we were just younger i don't know uh in my relationship now i won't go into like a lot of detail obviously because i respect my husband's privacy but he's also very open about this stuff which is amazing i mean from from my point of view He kind of knew what he was getting himself into, right? Dating a sex educator and eventually marrying one. He always thought it was just really fun how many toys I had and how much I talked about this stuff. And for him, you know, like the other day, and I write about this in my journal, um, my masturbation journal, but he um, went out for a bike ride and he like knew that I'm doing this 30 days of masturbation, which he was like, oh, cool. Like, good luck. (laughs) And there's no like I, I think it's my biggest relationship deal breaker when people get like jealous or weird about taking time for yourself not just masturbation but just needing alone time and luckily we both need a lot of alone time um to kind of function so I found a good partner for that you know, he went on this bike ride and I was like, if I'm in the bedroom, when you get back, can you just like give me some privacy? He's like, yeah, of course. And then after, and even if I'm like using a new new toy, like he gives me the privacy that I need, but also is enthusiastic in terms of knowing how I'm feeling. So afterwards he'll be like, oh, how was it? You know, as if I went to like a cycling class or something. He's like, how was it? (laughs) Um, And I like that because that works for us because sometimes I'm not really keen on sharing all the details and sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I'm not as stoked about this new toy as I thought I would be. And I talk about that or sometimes I'm like, it was amazing. Um, I had like an earth shattering, groundbreaking orgasm and I need to take a nap now. (laughs) Uh, So it just kind of depends on what is going on, but obviously... It's nice to talk to your partner about it because it, it builds that intimacy and trust. And I don't know if it's just, we personally, like we like when the other person is feeling good and I like, I am not jealous if he, you know, has time for himself. I think what happens though is for people that are, you know, they have crazy schedules or their libidos don't match up um they start to get resentful if the other person is masturbating away all of their like desire and so when that person like gets home from work they're like oh i'm not in the mood and you realize like oh uh, that person masturbated uh and you kind of feel like great they would rather do that than be with me i think those are the thing. that's like where the issue comes up and the the thing is that people can't like communicate those things to each other so um and for me i mean if that happens If I notice like one of us isn't getting our needs met or whatever, we just hawk it out and we, you know, it's, it's okay also to schedule, um, not necessarily schedule sex because I find that that can sometimes put pressure for people, but just schedule like intimate time with each other. So, you know, it's like mutual masturbation can be part of that. Um, I think that's, that's really important for people. And the next question was, do you talk openly about self-touch with your partner And as I already shared with y'all, I definitely do. And 75% of you said yeah, and 25% said no way. And I think that it makes sense um, when you say no way, you know, because like some people just want to keep that personal and that's totally okay. But I would encourage you to just open up the conversation in terms of what you do maybe differently alone versus with a partner and and those things, because that can be a really great conversation starter. And I know that it's super weird for some people. So some people are just more open about these things and some people aren't. And my thing is you're, you're allowed to be either way, but if you want to be more open, then there's obviously ways to do that. Um, but if you don't want to, that's okay too. Sometimes we need to keep things for ourselves, you know? Um, and I know a couple episodes back, my friend Mal said that, something really important that was when we were talking about social media and dating and they said you're like you don't owe anyone like a whole i have to like go back and listen to this again but basically no one like owes you like all of themselves and i think that's so true because sometimes there's just parts of us and parts of our lives that we want to keep separate and personal and just because you're in a romantic relationship doesn't mean you just share every detail and that's okay. As long as that's communicated and the boundaries are respected, that's fine. If you're purposefully keeping secrets or you're doing something shady, that's a different conversation, obviously. But, um, you know, I think that it's okay to keep things pri- some things private, you know? And obviously that, that goes for me as well. So, um, so the next question was do you think that mutual masturbation counts as sex? And 88% of you said, yep. And 12% said, not my definition, which is okay. And my thing is, I wanted to ask this because I wanted to show that it's kind of assumed a lot of the time that that's, yeah, okay, that's like part of sex, but not for everybody. So having those definitions uh, on the table for both of you is so important. And why is it important? It's, it's important because you, you want to be on the same page because if someone's saying, I just feel like we don't have sex anymore after you, you know, X, Y, Z, like if you started a new medication or you got surgery or you gave birth, you know, and someone's like, I just don't feel like I'm getting my needs met. And you're like, what do you mean? We like do mutual masturbation all the time. And we make out all the time. And so maybe they're not talking about their intimate needs, Uh, Maybe they're talking about, you know, not just their orgasm needs or whatever, maybe they're talking about like a deeper physical touch level uh, that they're getting. And that's the thing that we don't always have the language around what we want. So we have to kind of make it up as we go. And I see that all the time as a sex educator. Um, Just this feeling of, how do i put to words like the exact kind of sex i want right now (laughs) you know and a lot of it is physical and embodying the physical uh communication is really important and again with mutual masturbation people have different definitions of what that means does it mean we masturbate side by side and we don't touch each other does it mean like we hold hands or lay in each other's arms while we do it um or does it mean we're touching each other? I think that's also, it's not something that, you know, the linguistics here don't really matter. I'm just going to say that. I don't think the language really matters. You don't have to sit down with your partner and be like, what does mutual masturbation mean to you with like a microphone? But I think what's important to know is the, the physical needs of that person. Where does sex begin and end in terms of their physical needs and their desires? um because i've been with people who only think about sex in terms of penetration so i was confused as to when they were like oh i just feel like we're not having as much sex and i'm like what do you mean we're doing stuff all the time you know it's it's just one of those things that you should talk about <laughs> uh, so everybody's on the same page and i want to talk for a little bit about this last question and i'll uh i'll link some resources because I wanna preface this by saying, I I don't really love to teach kids about sex. I love kids. I love teaching them general health info. And I like teaching them, you know, the kind of the basics about sex and anatomy, but I, I really don't love teaching groups of kids because I don't know where they're all at. And I think that that's so important because people will be like, people will hear that and be like, oh my God, she doesn't like kids. No, it's I like kids so much that I want them to get the best education possible. And I think that these conversations are better in smaller groups, even one-on-one with kids, um, because every child is introduced to things in a different way. And you you can have two kids in the same household exposed to the same things, But because their personalities are so different, um, they might react very differently to information about sex. It's important to remember that some things are just out of our control in terms of how someone's personality develops. You can expose them to all of the right things. You can, uh, you know, if they go to like school, you you don't know who's talking to them about or showing them things or whatever. So I think that's why it's so important to... Uh, talk to your kids about what they already know and I think sex ed is it shouldn't be like this big separate one-time talk or even this big separate thing from health education I think it should be viewed like motor skills you know like it's something you work on over time and you introduce to them as they develop and um anyway the question was If you have kids or you're interested in having them in the future, do you plan on talking to your children about self-touch topics like privacy and when it's appropriate and health? 68% of you said I'm prepared and 32% said I have no idea. And not as many people voted in this because obviously um, not everyone who voted in the poll is interested in having kids or has kids. But I think it's one of those things that you... Just kind of have to accept as a parent that you you not, you might need to put aside your feelings and your shame and your guilt that you're working on to uh, create a healthier environment for your child. And something that's really easy to do from the beginning is use the proper genital names, like say your penis and your vulva, um, and tell them the vagina's inside um, because that is something that's really important in terms of like, if somebody, um, you know, if, if bad things happen, because this is not a perfect world, your kid will be prepared with the right language to really accurately describe what's going on for them. Same thing with emotions, like naming them and understanding them. Same thing with your body. You, you know, they know what their elbow is compared to their shoulder. They know their big toe from the middle toe, uh, you know, they know the difference between their thumb and their pinky and their nose and their ears. Uh, they should know the difference between their vulva and their vagina. And, and I think also as kids get older, telling them when it's appropriate to touch themselves, um, like this is something that's great and this is something that's fun to do, but we do on our own time because, and not because it's a bad thing, but because we don't want to make others around us uncomfortable because they might not be feeling like doing that right now. And um, it also teaches them, you know, compassion for others and understanding others' boundaries. And it's just like, you know, sometimes we use our inside voice because it might bother people if we're being too loud. It's the same concept, right? Respecting the boundaries that are set up in a public space and respecting individual people's boundaries and assuming those same ones um, throughout different situations we're in. And I think the the reason I go about it this way when we're we're talking to kids is uh it's it's instead of saying this is something that you only ever do in private and no one else is ever allowed to see, it makes it confusing when they're older and you know, they're starting to maybe touch other kids in sexual settings because, you know, they're fifteen and and they're starting to date or whatever. You know, then it's like, oh my god, I was only ever supposed to do this in private. Now I can't talk about it. Um, you know, it's, it's a conversation that ebbs and flows and it comes up at different points for kids and you just kind of have to uh, make the, the make the decision that best serves your kids for this. And that means kind of going through this on your own and, and stepping up as a parent and getting to know these parts of yourself. And people who are allowed to take up space early on in life as sexual beings, they often go on to have happy and healthy sex lives as adults. And these concepts of privacy and boundaries and communication are really good building blocks for building healthy relationships in the future. Kids should be able to communicate when something hurts or feels bad or if something's harming them uh, without the fear of your reaction. So yeah, I'm I'm masturbating for 30 days. And the reason that I didn't want to say like an orgasm a day for 30 days is because I just find that to be not substantial like i want to look forward to my orgasms i don't want to make them into like a chore <laughs> you know what i mean i don't want to make them into like oh all right check my orgasm for wednesday is it's done so i think i i'm not gonna force it and it's not gonna happen every day and that's okay but i'm gonna use this time to really reframe what masturbation means to me and what it can look like for me And I think also it's so important to me to try new things and try, oh my God, I have my entire toy collection. I cleaned it and I am currently going through them all and seeing like which toys really do it for me and which ones don't. And I don't like basing my reviews just off of what I found, you know, how I found pleasure in them. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some toys suck. Just overall for everybody, like they're just badly made and some are really worth that buck. So is that a good, is that an expression worth every penny? There we go. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to remind you that I am a brand partner, brand ambassador for mod. So treat yourself. It's masturbation may treat yourself to a vibrator or a candle or something. Um, You can use my code, but not 10. It's gonna be in the description. Shop my link and let me know what you get. I love when people DM me being like, "Look, I got a vibrator." <laughs> it makes me very happy. If you want to check out more of my writing, my work, get in touch, whatever. Head to my website and my Instagram, um, either you know my personal or my podcast Instagram, Beyond Bedroom Podcast. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. How is your masturbation May going? I want to know. Thank you.